0: You're listening to the John Stapleton Podcast. Good morning. Let's get into it. So, got lots of comments on Instagram over the Trinity. Every time I say that Jesus is God or I mention something about the Trinity, there's always someone that pushes back and they say, that's not true, the Bible never says that, Jesus never taught that, Jesus never expected us to worship him as God, and I last week covered that in episode, I believe it's episode four or three, um, where we where we talk about Jesus being um, God. So I'm not going to cover that today, but I want to expand upon what I talked about last week and, and talk about the Trinity, and my goal today is just to share with share with you what Jesus says about God and about um and, and what the Bible says about the Trinity and I want to show you that the Bible actually teaches a Trinity. That word is not found in the Bible, but it teaches about the Trinity. Let me start off with Matthew 11:27. This is the words of Jesus. By the way, this episode's going to feel kind of plagiarized, at least it does for me, because this is peppered with scripture. I just want to show you what the bible teaches so these ideas are not unique to me this is me putting the bible in front of you and saying this is what it says but let's start here matthew eleven twenty seven. 27. jesus says my father has entrusted everything to me no one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. So, some of you don't believe that Jesus is God, some of you don't believe in the Trinity, and partly is because God has not revealed Himself to you. God has not enabled you to um to to fully grasp who he is because in in the end of the day and and again this we live in the enlightenment age where you know humans can figure out everything if they can't figure out everything it's not real listen there are some things that are real that you just can't prove uh, that you just can't put through a test tube Uh, things are miraculous because it doesn't happen again right and so you need to have a category for that where the human mind isn't the end-all be-all of everything god in the end reveals himself to some people, and that's the words of Jesus. I'm not here to defend Jesus. I'm here to show you what he said. So here are nine things that you should know that the Bible teaches about the Trinity. First, Jesus taught that the Spirit. Uh, Jesus taught about the Spirit and the Father. This is John 15:26. By the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. Uh, Jesus says, "I will send you the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth. He will come to you from the Father and will test." and will testify all about me. So there's the spirit of truth. He comes from the Father, and he's going to testify about Jesus. You see all three of them in that verse, and this is the red letters. What about Matthew 28, 18 through 20? You guys are all be familiar with this. Every church at least preaches on the Great Commission. Here's what it says. Jesus came to his disciples. And by the way, this is after the resurrection. Uh, The verse before it said, Some people saw him and doubt it. Some of you doubt who Jesus is. You're not alone. Verse 18, I, Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. All authority. Sounds like he's God. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of who? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, hey, when you go out and you teach the nations about who God is, you better tell them that they are the three-in-one God. What about Jesus' baptism? Mark uh, 1, verses 9 through 11. One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. And as Jesus came up from the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son. You bring me great joy. So you see it again. Jesus is getting baptized. He's in the water. The Spirit descends on Jesus in the form of a dove. And the voice from heaven is God the Father. You're like, how do you know? Well, Peter says in 2 Peter 1.17, he says, He, Jesus, received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory, that's a, a Hebrew expression for God, uh, 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 said to him, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. That should settle it, but you guys need more proof. The father validates, number four, the, fa- the father validates Jesus as God's son. So in John 17, 11, Jesus says this. He's praying right before they, they're about to crucify him. He's praying. He says, I'm departing from this world. They are staying in this world, but I'm coming to you. Holy father, You have given me your name, your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Jesus says, hey, God has given me his name. I share the same name is God the Father. Earlier on in the Gospel of John, John 10 31, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. I've covered that in an older episode. But Jesus clearly taught that he was God and that he has a father, God as his father, not just Joseph, not just a a descendant of Abraham. He's the son of God. And he prays like that right before he's about to seemingly lose everything. Jesus never backs off from his claims as God. John 1, 1 through 3, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word is an expression for the highest form of reality. Without this, there is no life. And so John is opening up his gospel by saying, Jesus is the Word. And then he goes on to say, He existed in the beginning with God. Oh, so there's two. There's two persons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is. He existed with God. And in case we're not clear that the word is God, verse 3, God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. You open it, you open the Genesis 1 and the first words of the Bible is in the beginning God created. And John tells us Jesus was there creating too. Number five, Jesus is God yet distinct from the father. Philippians 2, 5 through 11, Paul says, You must have this attitude that Christ had, though he was God. See, the apostles clearly taught this. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, and he was born as a human being. When he appeared as in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God had elevated him to the highest place of honor and gave him the, the name. There it is again, the name above all other names. He's God. Number six, Jesus claims God as his father. This one is my favorite and perhaps the most clarifying. John five seventeen through 18. But Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. So, the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. They, they understood exactly what he was saying. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his Father, thereby making himself equal with God. Equal. Jesus is God's equal. Number seven, Jesus perfectly embodies and represents the Father. John, uh, Colossians 2, nine. in Christ lives all. All the fullness of God in a human body. How clear? Like it, it, it can't get any clearer than that. Number eight, the Holy Spirit is also God. John 4, 24. This is Jesus speaking. God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Last one on the spirit, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. The Lord is the spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The last thing I want you to know, and I'm trying to give you passages where they all appear. This is perhaps one of my favorite ones where they all appear besides the baptism of Jesus. Romans 1, verses 2 through 4. Think about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put out the idea first, and then I'm going to read it. The, the father plans salvation, the Son accomplishes salvation, and the Spirit applies salvation. Here's how Paul says it. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his Son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of who? The Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So in conclusion, here's just some things I want you to know about the Trinity. Number one, uh, the Trinity is a joyful community of love and respect. You know, the Bible has over 50 one another's addressed to the church. Love one another, serve one another, honor one another. It just goes to show that you can't be a Christian by yourself and obey Jesus at the same time if you're by yourself. So you need the church. And and, and, and God would be a hypocrite if he was just one God saying, "You, this is how you should treat each other. God actually demonstrates this by his very own essence. He's a community in and of himself. In the beginning, he says, let us create mankind in our image. It's, it's a communal effort. Number, I guess not number two, but just in my conclusion. Uh, you also need to know about co-inherence. I've talked about this before. Whatever is true about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is, 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 is true of the other members at the same time. And we see this in John 5, 17, where Jesus said, Hey, I, I've seen my father working and I've been working the whole time too. Just because a passage in the Bible mentions one of the members of the Trinity, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, immediately, it doesn't immediately mean that the others aren't present or that the others aren't acting in some way or capacity that's complementary. God knows this revelation is complex. The most complex thing in all creation and perhaps nothing closely lines up with the teaching of the Trinity more than marriage. Right? There you got the husband, the wife, the children and there is there's a there's hierarchy and but but they're all equal. Right? Um and some people have tried to use the whole like, you know, water, vapor, ice metaphor, or, you know, egg yolk shell metaphor. Uh, but those fall short because in the end, that's modalism. God, doesn't, you know, God the Father never morphs into God the Son, and God the Spirit never morphs into God the Father. Like, there are always three separate persons with the same nature, <laughs> and, and, and they exist at the same time. And let me just encourage you, even though Trinity, that word Trinity is not in the Bible, whenever you see the concepts taught in the Bible about the Trinity, then we, we, we can be safe to find a word that summarizes everything that I just laid before you. And I know this is controversial. This is the one thing that sets Christianity apart from all other religions. Everybody that wants to say, oh, all, all religions are the same. No, they're not. All religions teach that there's either one God or many gods, and Christianity is the only, the only belief that says, hey, there's actually a three-in-one God. God is a community. You should get to know him. He's relational. You won't find that anywhere.